Going to go to the book of Job, chapter number one. We're going to read um, a little bit out of chapter two, though. That's no problem. We'll just turn right over there. As we continue on tonight, try to look at the faith, the faith of Job. Job chapter number one. If you don't have a Bible, there should be some in the seats there in front of you. We'd like for you to follow along if you'd like to do so. We believe the Bible. We do believe it's the Word of God. If that wasn't, we really wouldn't have much reason to be here tonight, would we? I mean, we, if we wouldn't have anything, no truth to look at. Uh, <clears throat> Job chapter 1, look it down with me to verse number 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he'll curse, you, he'll curse thee to thy face. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Turn to chapter 2. And look at verse number 1 there. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee. To thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. Between those two readings, we didn't take time to read the verses, and we will eventually um, as we get on into to this more and more. But in between those two places where we read, of course, Satan went out and he destroyed pretty much everything that Job had. Everything. His family wiped them out. Servants wiped them out. All of his livestock wiped it all out. I mean, pretty much everything that he had. 
And still Job did not curse God. So the devil comes back and says, Hey, listen, you take your hand off him so I can get directly at him. I'll show you how Job is. And that's what we're going to look at for a while tonight. Uh, I titled the message tonight, A Peek Behind the Scenes. We're going to get to look a little bit behind the scenes of what went on during that time. Let's pray. We'll get on into the Word. Father, thank you for the group that's out tonight. Now bless as only you can. We need you to work where we can't. We pray you will in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. Sigmund Freud, the uh, founder of psychoanalysis, stated that there are three directions from, uh, in which, uh, from which suffering comes to our lives. And number one, from our own bodies. Our own bodies are subject to disease, decay, uh, disillusion, a, a degenerate, self-indulgent, debauched lifestyle, subjects the body to so-called lifestyle diseases. I'm talking about I'm talking about the abuse of drugs or alcohol or such things like that. Uh, definitely will destroy. And that runs from the, the gamut of, of STDs to AIDS to heart disease. And on we could go with all of that. So it comes from our own body suffering. And number two, Sigmund Freud said, from the external world, which may rage against us with overwhelming and merciless forces of destruction, and then he said number three, from our relationship with other people. So our suffering can come, according to Freud, can come from our own bodies, or from the external world, or from our relations with, old, uh, with other people. Now when we look at the life of Job and the suffering that he went through, we really notice that it included all three of these. We'd have to say it included all three. So, suffering comes to us, without a doubt, from different directions. But the Bible teaches that there are also different reasons for those things from which we suffer. A lot of the suffering that we see in our world today is because of the sinful world that we live in, just because of what we are surrounded by day after day. And we've seen a lot of that in the past weeks, haven't we? I mean, truly. And there's also suffering caused by... a the sinful or foolish acts of others, whether it be those that we don't know or the, those that we do know. I mean, there can, uh, there can come suffering in our life because of what other people do or how other people are. And some suffering has been linked directly to the judgment or the discipline, if I can say like that, of God. Now think with me for just a second. We can think about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah who was the cities that were completely wiped out because of their um, wicked homosexual lifestyle. Somebody say amen. It's just the case. It's just fact. Well, I suppose you just hate. Just stop right there. Don't try to put words in my mouth or in my heart. It's not that I hate anything, but God hated that lifestyle. And because of that, he did wipe out those cities. It's a historical fact. Um, we think about uh, Jonah and his stay in the belly of the well. Uh, it was because he was in rebellion to God. That prophet of God was in rebellion to God. And so he suffered because of that. And we can even go as far back as the punishment of Cain for the killing of his brother Abel. He was punished because he killed his own brother. And so sometimes 
those things do come. That type of suffering does come, and it's directly linked to the judgment or the discipline of God. But none of those, none of those were the cause of Job's suffering. His suffering was brought on by Satan. His suffering was brought on by the devil. Satan's a great enemy of God. And he hates mankind, and he's going to do whatever possible to destroy men, women, boys, and girls. And he has a particular hatred for those that are believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he knows that every one of them that he can cause, every believer that he can cause to sin against God, it brings shame to God's name. See, he's not so much worried about you and I. He's ultimate, his ultimate target is God. He wants to shame God. He wants to hurt God. Peter describes him as a roaring lion, uh, walking about seeking whom he may devour. He's always looking to, to kill, steal, or destroy. And with a peek behind the scenes look at Job's suffering, God teaches us some important lessons, some lessons we really will do well to learn. He exposes the true character of Satan. You know, if God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, and he does, God does love you, and God does have a wonderful plan for your life, then just as much Satan hates you, and he would do anything to destroy your life and the lives of people that are around you. He came to kill and to steal and to destroy. In fact, he would send you to an early grave if he only could. If he only could. There's something that we learn from God about our trials also. There is a possibility that some of the difficult situations that we go through in this life may be caused by the hatred that the devil has for us as we really try to live for God, as we take those steps to do what God would have us to do. But one thing we need never to forget is that we, uh, the, the, um, that we absolutely learn from the book of Job is that our lives are not at the mercy of the devil. Okay, let me take a time out right here. And let me just say this very emphatically and honestly, the devil's real. He's not that little cartoon character. It's all red with the horns and a pointed tail and the pitchfork and all that. No, 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 no. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light. He's uh, just as real as God is. And he is the arch enemy of God. And he will do everything he can to destroy us as, he'll, as he's allowed to do that, for sure. One of the great promises we have is that he cannot do anything to a child of God without God say so. And I'm thankful for that. There may be trials that we go through that we have no real answer for the reason behind them. Lord, why, why is this happening? Why am I going through all this? But we can be sure of one thing. Even our toughest trials, God's still in control. And God still loves us. He knows exactly what's going on. Job's enemy was the devil himself. And Job reveals to us some truths about the devil. 
once again, the validity, the validity of the devil. Verse number six, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. You know, the devil's existence is well documented in the Bible over and over and over again. We know that he's a created being according to Ezekiel 28 verse 15. The Bible says, thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. The Lord created him. He was a perfect angel. He was one of the, one of the most beautiful angels in heaven before he, he uh, was kicked out of heaven for his rebellion. And we know that he rebelled against God. And he also persuaded one third of the angels to join him in his rebellion, according to a- Isaiah chapter number 14. And we know that he'll, con- he'll be condemned to the lake of fire one of these days. That's going to be a great day. But today he is free to roam the earth and to afflict the lives of men, women, boys, and girls. We see that in Job numbers, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord said unto Satan, whence, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. So he's got freedom to do that. First Chronicles chapter 21, we, First Chronicles chapter 21 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Now, we don't have time to work all of that up for sure, but that was a, uh, that was a big mistake of David's, wasn't it? Come on. And it was, it was the devil himself that provoked David to do that, and it caused thousands, tens of thousands of deaths because of, of, uh, of uh, uh, King David making that choice. And so we know that he's very real, and we know that he's an enemy to all mankind. He's even an enemy to those that serve him. I said, I said, Satan is an enemy to all mankind, and he's even an enemy to those that serve him. And there are those that serve him. There, there are those that, uh, that uh, have satanic churches, and they worship him that way. And they think that he is protecting them, and guiding them, and keeping them, and rewarding them. But I'm telling you, the end of that is that they will end up in hell with him. No matter how much he promises them on this earth, no matter how much that he might allow them to have as far as physical enjoyments while they're here, he still hates them. And he's just going to use them. He's called our adversary. It's a term defined as an opponent opponent in a lawsuit. So see, Satan's aim was to have Job condemned in the courtroom of God, if we could say it that way. And he's he's described also as an accuser of the brethren in Revelation chapter 12. Um, He's very quick to point out the shortcomings, the failures, the sins of God's people. When he stands before God accusing you of sin in your life, he's usually telling the truth. And once again, I can't stress it enough. The the devil is not some mythological representation of evil as some people try to uh, get us to believe. He's a real being. And even though we have no great need to be fearful of him, his existence needs to be taken very, very seriously. And we are to be aware of his temptations and aware of his attacks. And he's active. He really is active. It says that again in verse number seven that he came that 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 the Lord asked him where where he came from. He said, "From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it." 
And so he boasts about his domain. He said, I've been down there in the earth. That's my domain. But he also brags about his persistence because he said, I've been going to and fro and walking up and down. I've been going, going, going. One thing we have to remember is the devil never stops. He never rests. He's a spirit being, so he has no need for sleep. He's always on the go all the time looking for his next victim. And he knows the ways of this world very, very well. And he also knows the weaknesses of men. And he maintains a ceaseless watch and influence over it all. Uh, Just a couple of things. He's not omniscient. I mean, he's not all-knowing. He doesn't know everything the way that God does. He, he's, he's not that way. He likes us to, he likes us to think that he does, but, but he doesn't. And he's not omnipotent either. That means he's not all-powerful. His power is great, no doubt about that, but it's very, very limited. And, and, and though he would like for us to believe that he is all-powerful, he just is not. And he's not omnipresent either. He can't be everywhere at one time the way that God can he does control legions of demons uh, that, that, that he rules, but he can only be in one place at a time. But he does his work very well. He studies you. He knows what your weak points are. His favorite playground is your mind. He loves to plant things in your mind. That's why it's so important we stay in the Word of God renewing our mind over and over, washing out the things that shouldn't be in there over and over and over. It's something how he can whisper in your ear and put thoughts in your mind. He can put thoughts in there that about, about other people. He can, be thought, he can put thoughts in there that bring about temptations. I mean, he can put all different thoughts in your mind and get you headed in the wrong direction if you're not careful. He loves to work that way. He's certainly taken a lot of people down the tube that way. <clears throat> he makes accusations. Um, we can see here in, the, in what we've read that he didn't dispute Job's integrity. He didn't attack that. Stay with me here. He didn't attack that. No, 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 no. He disputed his motives, Job's motives. Well, why does he do that? Why is he so good? I mean... You, you, you bring up Job, God, that, you know, he's a perfect man and all this stuff. But, you know, why does he do that? Really what he does here is he accuses Job of having a shallow faith. Oh, verse number 9. It says, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land but I'm telling you, put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath. He'll curse thee to, the, to, to, to thy face. So he accuses him of having this shallow faith. It's like he says, look, 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 God, okay, yeah. Oh, Job, you think he's a good guy. But let me tell you something. It's all about the stuff you bless him with. You've blessed him with all that stuff. He's got a big family. He's got a nice place. Got a lot of servants. Got a lot of cattle. Got this place. You have blessed him with so much stuff. But I'm I'm telling you, God, you take away the stuff and he'll turn on you in a New York minute. Well, I guess New York wasn't invented back then, was it? But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. He said, you take all that stuff away from him and I'm telling you, he's going to cuss you right to your face. 
And we know that uh, he didn't. We're going to get into this in weeks ahead more deeper. But we know that uh, the sons and daughters were taken away. The livestock was taken away. Everything pretty much was taken away from him. And he stayed true to God. So the devil comes back and he accuses him of a selfish, selfish faith. Was selfish. But look at with me in chapter number two there again, verse number four. Let's read the last part of verse number three there. It says, um, it says, and still he holdeth, holdeth fast his integrity. Talking about Job after he had lost everything. Still he holdeth fast his integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Looking at verse number four. It says, and Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he'll curse thee to thy face. So it's like the old devil said this. Okay, 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 fine, God, whatever. That's fine. So it wasn't his stuff. Took away all of his stuff. He's still, fine, it wasn't his stuff. But let me tell you something right now, Jehovah. If, if you take away his health, you'll be nothing to him. Just, just strip him of his health. You're not going to be anything to him. He'll give you a good cussing then. Just take away his health. So the devil pretty much accuses God of bribing Job to live for him. No, that's basically what he's saying to God. You've just bribed him. First off, you gave him this stuff to live for you. And then his health. Look at everything you have done for Job. No wonder, no wonder he's living for you. One Bible commentator said this. I thought it was good. He said this. Satan's accusation against Job was really an attack on God. We might paraphrase it like this. The only reason Job fears you is because you pay him to do it. You two have made a contract. You protect him and prosper him as long as he obeys you and worships you. You're not a God worthy of worship. You have to pay people to honor you. Well, the old devil, he's good at twisting the truth, ain't he? And that's pretty much what he said to God. Hey, listen, you gave him all that stuff. You take that away from him. He's going to cuss you. Job didn't. Well, that's fine. You take away his health. Let's see what he does then. So pretty much he's just accused God more than anything. That God was just bribing Job to live for him. What I want to kind of point out tonight out of all of this is the accountability of the devil. It gave me some encouragement. Verse number 12 in chapter number 1 says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. In chapter 2, verse Number seven. So Satan went forth with, from the presence of the Lord. Oh, no, no. Verse number six. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So there was limits to what he could do. 
he was restricted by God in his activities. No, no, no. We we need to we need to take we need to take we need to take. We need to be encouraged by this. Preacher, I've read the book of Job, and I, I've read it, and I've read it, and I've read it, and there's some things I'm telling you, I, I don't get it. I mean, I just don't get it. Well, I understand. You know, there's some people that bring up questions that really can't be answered because the Bible doesn't provide answers. In some areas, we just have to trust God. Um, I mean... It's very easy to ask, well, 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 why was it that God even brought up Job to the devil? I mean, why did he bring up Job? Job's down there doing, living good, doing life right, and living for... Why did God even bring him up to the devil? No answers. And when, when, when the devil questioned God about Job's faith, why didn't God just shut him down right then and there? Why didn't he just shut him down? Just leave Job alone. He'll be fine. He's going to do good. Why didn't he just shut him down right there? And can I tell you, it's not really wrong for us to scratch our heads and wonder why, but there's, there will never be a real chance of any real answers to questions like those until we get to glory. And so we take these things, and as we get on into the book and look deeper into it, we take these things and we realize that God's in control and we can trust Him. Oh, come on, please get this out of this. God is in control and we can trust Him. We can trust Him. Look, did you ever have to just live by faith? No, no, everybody can say, any believer right now can say, oh yeah, 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 by faith. By faith we trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Absolutely so. By faith we, we give the way that God would have us to give. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, no. And, and there's some things that we take by faith. We believe it because we know, that, we know that, that God is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And we take these things by faith. And then we draw from it what God would have us to draw from it. And even this little bit of last week and what, we, what little bit we're getting into tonight, it has given me great encouragement to know that God is in control and that I can trust him no matter what I might go through even if I don't know where it's coming from even if I don't understand why I'm having to go through it we can trust him we're we're talking about our great God we cannot overlook the truths that are given to us through this account. I'm telling you, these are truths that can help us to go through the trials and the troubles that we have in this life. It can help us. We are to glean from the Word of God as we go through this. We are to take the bits that He gives us and we're to store them away and know that God is faithful. And He's there for us. He's sovereign over this earth. He's he's sovereign in heaven. He's sovereign over the devil himself. And we see the devil here answering to God. Now, don't you know that chapped him? Don't you know it does every time? He wants to be in charge. He's prideful. He's arrogant. But, but, But there's limits that were given by God as to what 
might be done to Job. And the devil could not cross those lines. He couldn't cross the lines. Preacher, why did God let, why did God, why did God let, let the devil do those things to Job? Well, I'll tell you, I think that's got to be a question that anybody that has, has tried to study through the book of Job or even read through the book of Job has had to ask. Truly. No, no, come on. Why did God even allow that to happen? I don't fully understand it. Except, well, I think we'll understand a little bit better. When I was visiting Miss Carol up in the hospital today, this morning, sitting with her. And she was talking about how she was doing so well when she was in rehab after her heart procedure and all. And she was. She was doing well. And then this happened. Yesterday they did surgery to put in a port so they could do the dialysis. It bled all night long. She really struggled with it. They had to give her blood. And she was really struggling. Really struggling. And she started talking about how much that she just Loves the Lord. And she's just trusting God. And I told her, I said, Miss Carol, I really don't know why these things are happening. Stay with me here. I really don't know why these things are happening in your life. Maybe God just had somebody here that needed you. And she started telling me stories about people that she had met in this trip to the hospital sitting in dialysis, talking to different ones that some of them are even believers that were down and out. And she just started telling them how good God is and that she will put them on her prayer list and tell them stories how God blessed her and helped her and was there for her. No, I'm telling you, there's a lot of times that God allows us to go through different things just so that we can continue to bring Him honor and glory and be a help and encouragement to other people. Well, preacher, I'm not sure that I like that. Well, I'm not sure I always like it either. But I know that God's in control. And I know that once we belong to Him, that it's up to Him what happens with us and to us. And I know that He chooses to use us however He wants to use us. But whatever goes on in our life, just like Job, and again, we'll get more into this, But whatever happens in our life, we just have to trust God who loves us and cares about us no matter what might go on. And I've learned this in my short 36 years of being saved. I've learned this. The more glory I give to God and the more that I respond in a way that God would have me to respond, the better it works out. Preacher, you ever been mad at God? Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah, I have. And and to the extent of of not listening to him, yes. I must confess. Well, come on, don't look at me that way. It wasn't yesterday. Yeah, I've been upset. Yeah, I have. Not understanding. 
what's going on. Trying to do the best I could do. And still things happen. Oh yeah. And I've learned that if I handle those things the way that God has me to handle them, that God will see me through. But the longer I stay mad, the worse it is. God has a plan. He has a way for us to live our lives. We do it His way. We're blessed. See, we have an advocate. Just like Job had an advocate, he did. God was there. He was his advocate. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 1 says, My little children, these things write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have an advocate. Isn't it something? I, I, I like it. God testified of Job's character. He took up for him. He was an advocate for him. There's no doubt the only person that knew more about Job than the devil was God. God knew that there was not another man on earth like Job. And, and, and the devil, he did too. And God knows his men and the devil does too. <laughs> but God had honored Job's faithfulness. He had honored his faithfulness. Oh, please get this. Stay with me a few more minutes. He had honored his faithfulness. Uh, Chapter 1, verse, verse 10, Has thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. I mean, God had blessed his faithfulness with temporal blessings. He, he had put a, he, uh, a hedge of protection around Job's life that the devil couldn't penetrate. God's hedge of protection extended, extended onto his home, his house, his family, all his possessions. But I want you to do something here. Come on, stay with me just a few more minutes. I want you to do something here. We have to be very careful. We have to be very cautious uh, that we don't read into this more than what is meant. We have to be careful. What are you talking about, preacher? You know, just because someone is materially prosperous does not mean they're godly people. Not the case. That they have godly character. It's not the case. Just because they're materially prosperous, have a lot of stuff. But also, poverty is a sign that someone is a person of ungodly character. I mean, we have to think about Jesus Christ himself. He came into this world born in a barn. You ever run into the house when you're a kid and not close the door and your mom go, were you born in a barn? If I'd have just known it back then, I'd have said, well, Jesus was. Anyway, sorry. My brain just took a left turn. I come, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Jesus, lived, he, he lived a very simple life until he launched out his ministry at the age of 30. He worked as a common laborer. He was a carpenter. I mean, he didn't have much. So just because you have a lot doesn't mean you're a godly person. And just because you don't have much doesn't mean you're an ungodly person. 
What we're seeing in this account uh, that God has given us is the fact that God had blessed Job greatly. And the devil thought that he could get Job to turn against God if the blessings were gone. Can I tell you, look up here please, can I tell you that tactic still works on some people? Because we put more stock in the temporal blessings at times than we do the, uh, than we do the spiritual blessings. The devil thought that if he could just get all that stuff away from Job, if Job Job was not living the life that he thought he should be living, he'd just turn against God. It seems, though, that Job uh, may have been closer to God than the devil thought. And as his life turned in a direction that Job could not understand, as his life went in that direction, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He kept his eyes Planted firmly on God. No matter what went on. See, that hedge of protection was not removed by God to see if the devil's claims were true. It was removed by God to prove that the devil's claims were false false you don't understand satan job loves me with all of his heart and mind and soul and strength come on that's what he was proving to the devil you don't understand my servant job he doesn't just He doesn't just honor me and serve me and and sacrifice to me because of this stuff I've given him. Oh, no, no, no. He knows that I am his Savior. He knows that I am his God. And he loves me in spite of all the things that he has. The hedge was removed so that Satan could see that. God knew this man. He knew him. Like he knows me and you. He knows our heart. He knows our innermost feelings. He he knows who our eyes are firmly planted on. He, He knows who our heart has been given to. He knows who we are dependent on. We're truly dependent upon him for everything or not. And God stood by him. I mean, even as the hedge of protection came down, God still stood by him. Therefore, what we've looked at tonight really is a partial answer to our question. What question? Well, what type of world is this in which we live? It's a partial answer. We're going to get more into it. 42 chapters. We're going to get more into it as weeks go on.
And, but with all the answers that could be given to that question, such as, well, preacher, it's just a wicked world. Absolutely so. I, I agree with that. But let us never, ever, ever forget the Bible answer. The Bible answer. Oh, okay, have you given us that yet? But pretty much, but this is it. Our, our world is a world that is under the sovereignty and the supremacy of God Almighty. He is all-powerful. He does watch over us. He is there for us. I said He is there for us. He cares about us. Even when we are not sure, He still cares. Even when our world is falling apart, we think, He still cares. But our great God has an enemy. And so do we. And we may not fully understand it, but, but God allows the devil to claim this world as his territory. And that leaves us with a real challenge. That leaves us with a real challenge because you and I have to deal with a physical realm as well as, well as a spiritual realm. We're surrounded by this world. And we have to deal with that. But we also have to deal with the spiritual realm. And, and as weird as it feels, please stay with me, as weird as it feels for some folks... It has to be acknowledged as the truth that there are supernatural forces at work in this world. Okay, no, I understand. There's some people that do not believe that, but it's just to their hurt that they don't. Because it's very real. We have been taught for so many years that it's not, but it is. And those forces are led by a being that Jesus called the ruler of this world. The apostle Paul described him as the prince of the power of the air. And I'm telling you tonight, however, however much that someone might want to scoff at that thought, it's very, very real. He's very, very real. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood only. No, 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 no. There are powerful spiritual forces of evil of which people unknowingly deal with day after day. It's real. Preacher, we need to read up on the devil. No, 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 no. No, you don't. Let me stop you right there. You just need to stay in your Bible. Leave the devil alone. God will take care of him. Learn more about Jesus and what he wants for you. It's dangerous to study that other stuff. Best to just stay away. God will tell us everything we need to know about that. But see, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And, 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 and the, the Bible teaches us, teaches us that. 
We're not to be ignorant of his devices, lest he get an advantage over us. We're to put on the whole armor of God uh, that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. As a born-again believer, we are the children of the Most High God. So we need not, we need not fear, for greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Sure, we expect trouble at times. Sure, we do. But I want to encourage you to never turn from doing God's will, God's way. Because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Look, look, just because, just because we face trouble in our lives doesn't mean that God's forgotten about us. Just because we face trouble in our lives does not mean that God doesn't know right where we are. And just because you face troubles in your life doesn't necessarily mean that it's the devil doing it. But no matter what might be causing it, we have a God that loves us. And he's watching over us. And he will guide us through it if we'll keep our eyes firmly planted on him and his way. Come on, the faith of Job. You do understand, you do understand. I, I know that you've read the Bible. I know you've read the book of Job. You do understand that Job really had no idea, even in the end of all this thing, why in the world all this happened. But he stayed faithful. The faith of Job. We talk about it all the time. The faith of Job. is just doing what God would have us to do no matter what is going on in our life. Well, I just wished I knew. Sometimes we don't know. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, that we might be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. I know you've read your New Testament. Even Jesus went through some trials. And we do know that he suffered more than any man's ever suffered. But he performed the will of the Father. That's what God wants for us all. So this little peek behind the scene, and I'm anxious to get more into this, but this little peek behind the scenes tonight, let's just allow it to challenge us to stay true to God. Because, friend, in my life of being saved these years, I've watched tests and trials and troubles and tribulations cause too many believers to walk away.
I've never seen it turn out great. No matter what might happen in our lives, let's just trust God to see us through. Keep our eyes on Him. Stand with me, would you? Stand for a moment. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed for just a moment. We're going to open up for a time of invitation. We're not going to take long. Maybe God spoke to your heart tonight. Maybe you're going through something you don't even understand. Maybe God has you in the middle of a trial that uh, you don't really even know what's going on. I want to encourage you to come tonight. Just bow a knee to God. Ask Him for the grace, the strength, the wherewithal to just stay close to Him no matter what might, no matter what might be going on that you just continue to trust Him and let Him bring you through to the other side. Like He did Job. Where He blessed Job abundantly. Abundantly. For just staying true. For just staying true. Father, bless the invitation time now as only You can. We trust Your perfect will will be done in the lives of people. I, I pray that we would be, uh, that our eyes would be wide open to the battles we fight each day, whether it's with this world, the flesh, or the devil. Lord, that we would be prepared for those things that would come so that we might remain faithful to the very end of our lives to you. Bless this time of invitation, we ask, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play, Brother Dan's going to sing. Some have already come to the altar. You need to come. Take this time. Step out. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Let God have His way. Whatever He wants will not take long. You need to come. Give God some time. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try.